What's going on, guys? This is the 3D po- 3D Dynasty Podcast on the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And we're brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks and content available only to our patrons at sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash Patreon. Welcome in, welcome in. We are going to do a mock draft. Rookie rookie season's over. It's it's last ditch effort to get those startups in. And we're going to talk about two different strategies. And for that, Brad's out of the four spot. I am out of the nine spot. I'm doing zero RB. And let me know if this was not, if I didn't, if I didn't jump too far before, before I pulled my parachute, um, five rounds, 24 running backs. And Brad did hero running back. How you doing today, Brad? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm glad to be back home. The last few episodes we recorded, there was some background noise, bullfrogs and crickets and some other stuff outside because I was out enjoying my vacation while talking football. But I'm glad to be back at home doing this with you, talking draft strategies. The one thing I do want to touch on, but before we do that, actually, you just came back from vacation too. How was your vacation? Vacation was good, man, and you know you got you got a little bit of a country, you know, a little bit of country twang. So having the crickets and the bullfrogs, it's just like a Luke Bryan song. There we go. I like and it. I like so, it. Uh, you know, you're the Luke Bryan of fantasy football, and everybody, uh, you know, it's always great if you if this is your first time on and you like the show, please. Hit that button. It really does help support us. Um, drop your comments. Uh, let us know. I mean, it is redraft season. Football season is here. Um, and so we really want to help you guys out. So any trade questions, anything. This is the Dynasty Podcast. We also got the best ball with, you know, with Andrew and Justin. We also got uh, redraft and other Dynasty content, best ball content. We got IDP content, everything. And then you can check the the mothership over there at Sports Gambling Podcast for, for all of your, um, you know, gambling needs. So, um, we're going to really get, you know, try to get straight into this, but, uh, um, Brett, let's talk a little bit about what is, what defines hero RB. So it's just what it sounds like. You have one RB that kind of is the hero of your team. You spend that early draft pick to get a stud running back. Now, the one thing I do want to kind of preface before we really get into this is, it is hard to go into a draft saying, this is going to be my strategy. I'm going to go zero RB. And then you see a situation that we'll talk about here later on in the fourth round for Dave, or I'm sorry, the fifth round for Dave saying, Ooh, what do I do here? Because we like some value that fell, but we said we were going to do zero RB. So therefore we're not going to, we're not going to take the value that drops. So just be a little careful when you get into your drafts, whether it be a dynasty startup or even a redrafts uh, league, you don't just go in with your mind set and mind made up on how you're going to execute the draft. You can go in with a plan, but be flexible and let the board kind of play to your strengths a little bit. So, but yeah, hero RB is that one high pick, high value running back that's going to get all the volume and be kind of the cornerstone of your entire team. Yeah, and so someone that's uh you know if you're a redraft in the redraft mindset that it's really hard to convert to dynasty because you're seeing you know these RB twos and RB threes and going why are they going in the ninth round tenth round or not as valuable on the trade market and it's like 
27, 28 year old running back that, you know, it's going to be, you know, could be out of the, out of the league in a year. And yep. so they don't have the same value as a 28 year old receiver. And so you have to, you know, you have to really learn that and it takes some patience and uh, you know, it, it might take uh, you investing in a bunch of running backs that end up, you know, getting injured like, you know, um, Todd Gurley's and things like that. And you're like, okay, never mind. I've, I've changed my mind. Um, and so I went zero RB and I gave myself the rule of no running back in the first five rounds, can go any other position other than running back in the first five rounds and see if I can come up with a team that I, that I like. And, um, you know, I'll say this, uh, I did like my team and, you know, when it comes down to it, if you do a startup, even in July, this may not be the roster that I roll out week one. Cause I'm, I'm a trade happy guy. And so I could make some trades. And at the end of the draft, I want to come out with a team that has the best assets. And as far as asset value, I feel like I got some some young players. I got a few players a little older, but I feel like I got some some young players with some some good value and that I could easily move on from some of these extra receivers or package a receiver and a running back and get a better running back if I wanted to because of the value I was able to get. Yep, I love it. And that's what that's what you got to do. It's all about value in that startup. We we did stay away from trades and that kind of thing, which is a big thing that you're going to be doing in your dynasty startup leagues, which might be a different topic for us later on. But that's another thing that kind of plays into your hand as hopefully a good thing to do, which is going to be trading back out of the first round and adding some assets in the long term that can really give you a team that can compete now as well as be long uh, you know have the longevity of what you would hope a dynasty squad does yeah and if you subscribe to our channel we're going to be doing different uh, strategies and we'll definitely be doing some trades and some dynasty startup strategies about how to trade back how to tear down how to do the productive struggle route all those all those other things but let's let's get into the draft brad after after we talk about who you know the sponsor of the show oh oh my goodness it is the one and the only SGPN Patreon. If I can get it up on the screen. <laughs> I'm, here we go. The one, the only SGPN Patreon. So be sure to do your part in the war against corporate gambling and sign up for our SGP Patreon. There is a ton of exclusive content contests and merchandise merchandise just for our patrons plus there is a monthly sgp stories podcast and an ad-free uncensored show that highlights the best stories from decades of being in the dgens there's even a discord channel just for our patreons so the sports gambling podcast patreon is a great way to score exclusive perks and support us here at SGPN. So go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Again, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. All right. Well, let's talk about your team, Brad. Your first pick was Christian McCaffrey. Then you had T. Higgins, Devonta Smith, Justin Fields, DJ Moore. That's your first five picks. You got one running back. Three receivers and a quarterback waiting on the tight end and waiting on that second running back. How do you feel about your start? Yeah, I don't hate it. I, I'm going to group the first six rounds together, actually. So I'm going to add that 609 pick in there as well, because my overall goal 
was to get through those first six rounds and have my stud running back, grab three wide receivers, get my starting quarterback, and also get that tight end. And I was playing a little bit of a game thinking that Dallas Goddard was going to fall to me in the sixth, but we'll get to that here in a second uh, because, as you can see, I did not get that tight end through those first six rounds, so I did punt it. Just a couple more rounds. But you got that hero RB in Christian McCaffrey. When you're going to play the hero RB game, you've got to have a guy that not only runs the ball, but also catches the ball. you got to have both of those facets in the game. I'd struggle to turn around and say, hey, I want to use Kenneth Walker as my my hero RB, even because the guy doesn't catch the ball. Do I really want to go with a guy like, Najee Harris right now is he going to get the carries that we hope he does maybe maybe not but I wanted to go with the sure thing from that volume perspective with CMC then I wanted to look again we're in dynasty how do I make sure I have the age thing in my mind so when I look at my wide receivers I'm looking at T Higgins I'm looking at Devonta Smith both guys who are on their first rookie contract and could be moving on to it in T Higgins case could be moving on to a team with uh, where he may be the alpha and doesn't have to compete with the likes of Jamar Chase. But even if he doesn't, the other key thing to think about when you're drafting these young wide receivers are the stud quarterbacks throwing them the ball. And right now I targeted those stud quarterbacks in Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts. I wanted their targets, and that's why I went with the two guys that I did. Then I looked at the quarterback position. Hey, there's a little bit, you know, you know there's some quarterbacks coming off the board. In this one QB league, which is what we're mock drafting, a dynasty single quarterback league, Having that rushing upside does give you a little bit more of an advantage uh, when you're looking at this type of scoring with the one quarterback starting. So I did want to go ahead and jump on Justin Fields there after the likes of Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson are off the board. He's the last true rushing quarterback that we've seen. Right. Anthony Richardson, definitely that guy. But do you want to take that risk uh, as in a one quarterback league as your only guy? Maybe, maybe not. I'd rather not. Then I saw DJ Moore drop to me the number one for the quarterback that I just took. So that stacking gives you a little bit of a statistical advantage in certain cases. So I wanted to go ahead and try to do that. And then we already talked about the sixth round. I was hoping that I could get Dallas Goddard. Uh, out of there because I saw four tight ends already off the board before this. Uh, we saw George Kittle go at the turn, the 5-6 turn, and then Goddard went two picks before me. So I punted a little bit and decided to go ahead and start to address the fact that I'm playing that hero. Now let's start to get some guys that just have a little bit of week-to-week -week value. And that's the other key uh, for, for the hero running back is I want that one big-time guy. And then I want guys that no matter what the, what the game script is or what week of the season it is, they're going to have some amount of value. They're going to have some amount of volume. And I think Zach Charbonnet is that guy, regardless of the health of Kenneth Walker, he's going to get some volume. And he's a guy that I can trust to give me somewhere between five to 12 points on average, any given week, you know, uh, regardless of the touchdown. Yeah. And so like, just to recap a couple of the positions running back, uh, the top 12 running backs were Bijan Robinson, Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, Saquon Barkley just signed uh, a new deal with the Giants. Um, they can franchise tag him again, but it's a one-year one year deal to stay with the Giants. Just a, a little bit extra money. 
Um, Austin Eckler, um, he could be a free agent next year. Then you have Jameer Gibbs and Josh Jacobs, Ken Walker, Travis Etienne, Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, and Tony Pollard. And so that's our, that's our top 12 running backs. So all those slid off the board, and I was just gobbling up receivers. To Garrett Wilson at the 109, um, gave got a little reaction out of Brad. What do you guys think? Should I have taken Jalen Waddle or Monroe St. Brown or maybe someone uh, like a Tyreek Hill or, or Stephon Diggs? Um, I took Tyreek Hill the next round, really thought about Travis Kelsey there. Um, and I thought, you know what? I'm going it, to, it's like, do you want to get Travis Kelsey and Debo Samuel or do you want to get TJ Hawkinson and Tyreek Hill? And so I'm like, I can wait and see if I can get Andrews next round or Hawkinson or Pitts the next round. Would have been okay waiting another round and getting Goddard, but that's kind of where, I, where I'm at. I don't want to get past that mid-round tight end. I really want one of the top three or four guys. I just think it's a huge, just a huge advantage um, to the position. And um, it's just, it's such a difficult position that, um, and Hawkinson's young. So um, I took Garrett Wilson, Tyreek Hill, DK Metcalf. feel like the receivers are pretty good. And TJ Hawkinson, pretty good. And then um, at that point, I really wanted to go running back here. And I probably, you know, if, if I didn't give myself the rule and didn't have Brad telling me I'm not allowed, I would have taken J.K. Dobbins. But Brad said it was not allowed um, because I'm not allowed to have a bell cow running back. And so um, we really went with a five-round rule. And so if J.K. Dobbins came back around, I was scooping him up. But he didn't. And then I got Rashad White as my RB1. And in that grouping, um, really by the ADP, Pacheco, Cook, and Aaron Jones were actually all ahead of Rashad White in ADP. So I jumped uh, the gun on that one. And, you know, I felt like, you know, I felt like I probably saw him in similar light to some of the guys later on, but I played the ADP game, took him now, hoping I can get the other guys later. So, Brad, let's talk about the next picks for you. You took Jahan Dotson at in the, in the seventh round, Antonio Gibson the eighth, Sam Laporte in the ninth, Tank Bigsby in the tenth, Cole Komet in the eleventh, Devin Singletary in the twelfth, and uh, let's talk about those six picks right there. Yeah, for sure. So that Jahan Dotson pick was a tough one for me. I was looking at, okay, the hero RB strategy. Do I look at a guy like James Cook, who was the top RB on my list uh, at this pick? Or do I go with the likes of Jahan Dotson or Deontay Johnson? So those were the three big players that I was looking at. But I ultimately just feel like the upside of what a Jahan Dotson can bring to my dynasty squad in two to three years from now. And I think he's going to have a good year this year as well. But I think you see that offense change a little bit. You see him grow even more. And in that year two, in that year three for him, I think you see that jump. Whereas we don't know with James Cook, right? You could be concerned with another big running back coming in there and taking some of the work or whatnot. So I'm going to go with the upside and what I think, what I know is the talent of Jahan Dotson uh, over James Cook there. And then Deontay Johnson, it was really just the, you know, do you think it's Deontay Johnson or George Pickens? So instead of that, I'm just going to go with who I think, regardless of the status of Terry McLaurin, we saw what Jahan Dotson could do in the red zone. And that was a very valuable thing to me. So coming back around in the eighth round, now I was like, okay, I'm in the eighth round. The running back room is starting to dry up a little bit. And I was really between three guys, the Khalil Herbert, 
uh, the Kendra Miller and Antonio Gibson, who were actually the next three running backs taken off the board. I pretty quickly talked myself out of Khalil Herbert just because there's so much going on in that backfield between Deonta Foreman and between Roshan Johnson, the new rookie that they drafted out of Texas. What does that backfield look like next year? Khalil Herbert may not even be on the team because he's still he's on the last year of his deal. So that one kind of got thrown to the wayside relatively quickly. Then it was, okay, Antonio Gibson or Kendra Miller. Uh, and I, if you've listened to us before, you know I have a fondness for Antonio Gibson. He's got a path to touches no matter what right now. With Eric Bieniemy there, I'm hoping he can get a little bit more work because I definitely think he's the better athlete than Brian Robinson. Whereas Kendra Miller, when you look at that, there's there's two other running backs, very capable running backs, and Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams there. So I was just I, I wanted to hold off and out and go with the sure thing in volume in year one right now, so that I can still have a competitive roster this year. All right, well, we're going to check in with our sponsor from for the show. This this show is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy, and we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The NFL season is right around the corner, and Underdog Pick'em is great is a great way to get down on a ton of NFL player props and is available in a ton of markets. They actually have like a special bonus right now, and so if you go in there and you use promo code SGPN, you're going to get 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Um, plus, there's plenty of opportunities to win an MLB Daily Contest. Best Ball Mania, you know, first place gets a million dollars. So just go to underdogfantasy.com, use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. It's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And uh, so let's let's look at my my next six picks here. And so I, I was able to get James Cook because Brad didn't take him. And I wanted to take David Montgomery. And so I was just thinking David Montgomery probably makes it back and James Cook doesn't. And I'm not an A-chain guy which either one of those guys could be totally ruined by Dalvin Cook signing there before this is even posted. But uh, so I now that I have Rashad White, I feel like I still need to go and, and scoop up some volume at running back. Feeling pretty secure about my tight end and my receivers, and it's a one-quarterback format, so I didn't panic at the quarterback position, knowing I can just wait a little bit and get some other quarterbacks later. So I took James Cook. Dave Montgomery, um, D- James Cook, obviously is one of the one of the best offenses in football. I really like his usage down the stretch at the end of the year last year. Talk about explosive runner. This guy's an absolute, absolute playmaking machine. It was he gets the ball in his hands. He didn't get a lot of volume last year, but even with the volume he had, a lot of force missed tackles, and he had uh, a, a explosive run rate of ten plus yards, um, as well as the. Uh, you know, his, his breakaway runs. Then David Montgomery goes into a situation that saw Jamal Williams get 17 touchdowns last year. Um, does he get 17 touchdowns? Probably not. Thousand yards, that could happen. And he's looking at, you know, um, you know, somewhere between 200 and 250 carries. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. And, you know, behind a great offensive line, and he's a good running back. Um, then I took Dak Prescott, finally caved, took the running, took, you know, took the quarterback, back to the receivers, got Elijah Moore and Jaden Reed. I think Elijah Moore is a breakout candidate this year. And I think Jaden Reed is probably the number five, uh, you know, rookie receiver right now coming off the board by most rankings and ADP. And, and he's someone that could do something this year. Do I expect him to be a top 24 uh, receiver? No, but I think he could have some, some definitely some games this year and looking at Mike Clay's projections, he's got him at right, right around, you know, our right around receiver 40, 
and in that wide receiver three, you know, territory where um, he's got Reed as the second option in um, Green Bay and as the fifth uh, fifth best rookie receiver for fantasy this year. And then I got uh, Chega Conquo as my second tight end. Um, really just looking at, again, at volume, um, at assets, at value. And, you know, if I needed to, to move up and get a better running back, I could easily trade one of these receivers, you know, Jaden Reed, Elijah Moore, or look at the t- tight end and say, hey, you need a tight end, your tight end got hurt, or your tight end's just not that good. Chig is someone that people are very hot on, even with the Hopkins signing. Um, that's why I went with him. Yeah, I love the Elijah Moore pick in the 10th. I just think that's a steal when you look at, just look at it in comparison to Amari Cooper even. Three rounds later for a guy who's six years younger and on a pass-first offense. It just, I think it's a really a really solid pick later in, especially when you're looking at, you know, after you took those wide receivers early on, you kind of had a four or five round stretch where you stayed away from the wide receiver position. And to get a guy who has a lot of hype coming in right now is a, is a great asset. So, um, all right. So let's take a look at, we'll go just from nine to 12 for me, just to wrap it up. After I took Antonio Gibson, you saw a little bit of a run on Pat Fryermuth and Darren Waller. I had to start to land some of the tight ends. So I looked at Sam Laporta, a guy who can do a little bit of everything for the Detroit Lions offense. And it really is really going into a situation that has a good amount of vacated targets as well. And really nothing outside of I'm on Ross St. Brown right now. Now, granted, we know Jamison Williams is going to be coming back, but he's also a little bit of an unknown commodity in the NFL right now. He had one big catch last year, and outside of that, he just wasn't wasn't healthy enough to really play. So uh, all the reports out of camp for Sam Laporta are really good, so I'm hoping that that turns in. And then it was just, uh, again, the who are the running backs that I think can just give me a little bit of value from a week-to-week basis. So I took Tank Bigsby in the 10th round, running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars, a guy that I know is going to get some volume uh, behind Travis Etienne. And then Devin Singletary in the 12th behind, you know, he's not wow factor, but is a very serviceable running back in his days in Buffalo. And he's going to a situation where Damian Pierce started to break down at the end of the year. So uh, I kind of like the idea of being able to get him, uh, you know, in the later rounds and again, have some flex appeal uh, for the running back position for me since I was doing zero RB. And then I wrapped up the tight end, you know, the tight end position for me with Cole Komet. I uh, just think he's a, a big guy that it seems like Justin Fields has an affinity for. Now we, you know, they did add DJ Moore and some other things there, but you're playing that late tight end game. So do you go with a Michael Mayer uh, who's not that super athlete, uh, but is going to earn snaps early on because of his blocking capabilities and his all around skill set? Uh, or do you go with some of these later guys like Dalton Schultz and Greg Dolchik? And I just, I, I felt like Cole Komet was the better option out of them. Uh, and he's a super young guy. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I, I like that. And, you know, being able to pick up golf, um, you know, you see where I didn't get a second quarterback really probably should have taken one instead of taking some of those shots at the end there um, where, you know, second quarterback started to fall. Um, I still could go with someone like a Derek Carr, or Brock Purdy. Um, you know, there's still some options out there on the board for me, but I would have much rather a Geno Smith or a Jared Goff or even going with a younger guy like a CJ Stroud, um, you know, something like that. But uh, Bryce Young, um, who, who went, you know, similar value to, to, to Kyler Murray, who 
Kyler Murray is just a, a very good value right now in all your dynasty leagues. If you're a rebuilding team or if you just it's a one quarterback, you stash him later on and then trade your other quarterback later. Yep. Um, so for my guys, you know, I I, I took um, you know, I took Jerome, I, I took I took Jerome Ford. Uh, then I got Wandell Robinson, Kareem Hunt, and Cedric Tillman. So uh really stacked up those uh Giants and Browns there at the end there just to, for Homer's sake. Um, Kareem Hunt, who knows where he ends up. Um, it seems like maybe he's waiting for an injury to happen um, or a spot to open up. There's a lot of landing spots. And one of the reasons I grabbed Kareem Hunt and one of the reasons I said he's a he's a, a target in my recent article is just because news causes action. Um, Brad and I are in a league together, and we saw three waiver wire pickups. All of them were in the news recently. James Robinson was in the news. Melvin Gordon was in the news with picked up and somebody else. And then boom, next thing you know, they're trending on sleeper and they're being picked up. And so Kareem Hunt, grab him. As soon as he gets picked up, you can make the decision where you, whether you know you need the depth, you can roll with him. If you don't, he's just an extra piece. And right now, if I put Kareem Hunt in the trade block, it's going to be crickets. But as soon as he signs with the Bills or the Browns or the Broncos or whoever, whoever, it's gonna, he's going to have some movement. And some teams are going to cause more movement than others. Um, you know, if he goes to one of these teams, like let's say Kareem Hunt went to the Raiders right now with the Josh Jacobs situation. He'd probably trade him for a late second round pick or something like that. <laughs> you know, people would go a little crazy for it because um, they overreact to things. Um, and I think he's still a good running back. I know last year was kind of a weird year for him. But Wando Robinson, this, this regime took a second round pick on him. He's kind of being faded on right now. And Cedric Tillman, um, he was my wide receiver five um, in this draft class. And getting him as my last pick, um, I think he could be, you know, a, a future um, for this Browns. Um, Mark Cooper's not going to play forever. And then they also, you know, at, at some point, um, you know, they they are going to run a lot of three receiver sets. Elijah Moore, I think Cedric Tillman that's going to be on the outside. And uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones will, you know, eventually be moved on or, you know, he could just be that, you know, speed guy, but Tillman really is possession receiver. I like in PPR formats. So yeah. um, Brad, I mean, we're, we're just about done. Any other teams or builds that stand out um, before your pick in the one through three spot? Uh, I, I, you know, the more I look at the first two teams, the more I'm glad I'm not picking at the beginning of the draft. Uh, I just, the build is weird to me. I'm not a fan. I don't like the 23 picks in between or the 22 picks in between. It's tough to manage. So that's where you get into, okay, hey, if I'm picking at the end, one or 12, I'm going to try to find a trade partner somewhere on the other side to kind of mitigate that a little bit and start to trade down, add some assets, add some pieces. Uh, You can really dominate a startup draft with good in-draft trading, Uh, adding future firsts, adding pieces in the middle rounds, uh, where the money picks are are really in that rounds three to five. So if you're willing to pass on that first round pick and you can add a third and a fifth or something like that, that that might be something to think about because now you're in not only a competing type roster right off the bat, but you can also make sure that those assets that you're adding in the third and fifth round are likely younger assets as well. So uh, that would be the only thing for the the 
early end of me, I'd be looking to try to find a trade partner somewhere in the middle to back end of the draft. Yeah, and, and for me, like I, I look at the middle rounds. I like team six, and it's kind of a strategy that I, I typically would use and more of a balanced lineup. You're looking at, you know, you have A.J. Brown, then you got Jameer Gibbs, then you got JSN, then you got Ramondre Stevenson. So you have two really locked and loaded running backs there, two Honestly, they're two top 10 running backs this year um, expected, especially in PPR formats. Then you get Michael Pittman there. So if JSN's got to wait a little bit, you got Pittman. Then you got Dallas Goddard, maybe Brad Mad. And so you got that good, strong tight end to go with these, you know, good with a well-rounded team. Then you have Godwin and Evans. Don't really like the fact that you stacked A.J. Brown and Goddard and then Godwin and Evans. But I like the players there. And then, two, I thought it was a good value where like this team would be very, very competitive. Uh, I think the draft kind of fell off off the the rails there after that pick. Yep. But um, up until there, I thought it was a, a good pick. I do want to clarify something earlier. You said Khalil Herbert's a free agent next year, free agent after 2024. Is it 24? Yeah, after 2024. But it is, to your point, it is a very muddled backfield to where Khalil Herbert, you know, he's on all the promos and he's on all the banners and, He's expected to be the starter, um, and that could happen. And we wouldn't be surprised if after the bye week, Rashawn Johnson's the starter, Deontay Foreman somehow is the best fantasy running back in that. And, you know, you're you're buying the dip in the ninth round. I'm okay with it, but yeah, you yeah, are. Just, there's not a lot of sure things. Any thoughts yeah. about the, the last three teams? Uh, I don't hate team number 12, uh, to be honest. They get a stud quarterback. Uh, you know, they've got likely a top five tight end if he can stay healthy in George Kittle. They've got youth at the running back position with Brees Hall. They've got youth at the wide receiver position with Drake London and Christian Watson. But they they did a really good job adding some experience as well in Keenan Allen. Uh, and it, it just – you look at that, it's a pretty solid build. They've got youth. They've got some age to them. Uh, and experience and it's a team that if they don't make silly moves in season can really find themselves in in quite a con uh, you know in quite contention um so i i think team 12 is probably my favorite out of those back three teams right now yeah and i and i like team 11 um you have you know waddle and amon ross st brown two top seven top eight um dynasty receivers so a lot of asset value there and then you have your running backs that is just a that's a powerhouse running back squad Harris Henry and Dobbins and then back to the receivers with Ridley Kirk and Marquise Brown then you go in David Njoku pretty solid tight end Kyler Murray he's going to probably sit out this year or at least sit out the first half of the year Michael Thomas dart throw upside pick in the the 11th or the 11th round Damian Harris you know could be the goal line back there then Kirk Cousins, you know, take care of your Kyler Murray situation. You got Jarek McKinnon there, who could be a really sneaky pick. And then you got Michael Carter and Mike Kosicki. So I, I like that squad. I think they could be, like, if this were, like, who's the contenders this year? I think that's a very strong team for a contender looking at that receiver core. When they're rolling out, their starting lineup is is going to be Kirk Cousins, Derek Henry, Najee Harris, Amonra St. Brown, Jalen Waddle. Then they have in the flex, we'll give them a third receiver of, of Calvin Ridley and a flex of J.K. Dobbins. 
And then yep. Joku, I mean, yeah, that's going to yep. be a pretty dang good lineup week one. And, this this uh, is why the late QB strategy in one quarterback leagues is kind of the way to go, right? Because it just allows you to pile on that value early on and you can get a consistently top 12 guy in Kirk Cousins to lead you the first year. And it, like just because he's 34 years old or whatever, people are discounting him hugely right now. So you can figure that out later on. And again, in – one quarterback leads those run those quarterbacks fall in your rookie drafts. So you're even if you're in a you know the number one number two team in the league, you're likely to get a high level or high caliber quarterback in next year's rookie class to fill in if Kyler Murray for some reason falls off the cart. So yeah, I mean, look at trade value like Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts and Patrick Holmes are all first round picks. They're not going to have the same trade value in a one quarterback league as Jonathan Taylor, Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddle who went all in the same range. And so like, you're already losing value by reaching on them that early. We're like, yeah, you're probably, you're looking at like Kirk cousins is probably, you know, unfortunately worth, uh, you know, a little, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, Jamal Williams, like maybe a couple rounds earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's, he does like, you're getting, uh, you're getting Kirk cousins a starting every week starter instead of Zach Evans. Yep. I mean, it's just, yeah. And this is also another reason that we play super flex because Correct. it's, it's just like, really like it, you know, people say, well, it's not realistic. Well, getting a, a sixth round running back and a starting quarterback in, in the same pick range, that's not realistic either. So yep. hey, that's it, man. Um, I, Any parting words before we get out of here? Uh, no, I don't think so. Tune in for the next one. We're going to talk about a, a quarterback tight end kind of combination early. Uh, and then that heavy duty wide receiver build, uh, or I'm sorry, heavy duty running back build. Sorry. Well, let us know what you thought about the episode and, uh, don't forget. And as always, good luck this season. Cheers.